Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Thursday, February the 8th. Uh, And again, uh, in case you haven't heard, we have a number, a Community Connection call-in number. It's a new one, 317-972-3008. Again, our new number is 317-972-3008. If you are calling into the show, you must now dial 317-972-3008. Well, much like yesterday, if you were listening yesterday, uh, at some point during the show today, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to next week's Legends of Gospel concert Actually, it's exactly one week from today, Uh, and it will feature, we call it the Legends of Gospel Concert for a reason. It's going to feature gospel greats Marvin Sapp, Donnie McClurkin, Hezekiah Walker, Anthony Brown, and Fred Hammond. They are all going to be appearing live at Clues Hall on the campus of Butler University. That, again, is one week from today, next Thursday, February 15th at 7 p.m., the Legends of Gospel. Marvin Sapp, Donnie McClurkin, Hezekiah Walker, Anthony Brown, and Fred Hammond. And that is in no particular order, by the way. Uh, two free tickets if you want your chance to win two free tickets or a pair. Stay tuned for your opportunity to win a free pair of tickets to the Legends of Gospel Concert. And we'll have that uh, set up for you sometime uh, during the show today, sometime before uh, 3 o'clock. Speaking of the show today, on the show, Danny Bridges, sports writer with the Indianapolis Recorder. He'll be back with us uh, just in time with all the latest in sports, including his take on how the big game will go on Sunday, the big game between the San Francisco 49ers and the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, KC, yeah. Kansas City, the Chiefs, Kansas City. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people have been talking to you about the big game, uh, AJ. Oh, yeah, it's all we've been talking about. It's all okay. we've been talking about. Okay. okay, well, we'll have a good – by the way, by the way, I want to um, take a few minutes to say and, and give kudos to one of our own, that being AJ, who uh, is celebrating a promotion today. So, AJ, give yourself one of those applause lines. You are now full-time production assistant. Yeah, that's a little weird for me to give myself yeah. applause. Well, give yeah. give yourself applause. And, and, the, and, of course, the technical producer for Community Connection. So we say congratulations to you, AJ. Thank uh, you so much. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure we'll say this again tomorrow, but what a what a wonderful gift right in right in time for your birthday. This is right your birthday time. week. Yeah. Right in time for my birthday. Great uh, timing. God doesn't make mistakes. No, no, <laughs> no, not not at all. Not at all. But uh, so very well deserved Great. and uh, very well done. And. And so, again, congratulations to you, AJ. Really appreciate you being here with us and looking forward to it. Hey, you're, you're here now. You're with us. Uh, <laughs> they made it official. Um, again, Danny is going to be in our second hour. Uh, about 30 minutes from now, 
um, an organization dedicated to eliminating homelessness among veterans and their families. Uh, they're going to join us uh, to talk about uh, their mission um, and uh, a measure that they've been working on in the state house to underscore the mission of eliminating uh, homelessness uh, for veterans and their families. They're called, um, well, Helping Veterans and Families, HVAF, HVAF. I think, or I don't, I don't know how they, how the acronym, but anyway, it's H-V-A-F. And again, they've been down at the state house hard at work and have crafted a bill and uh, looking for some support with that uh, to make sure that veterans and their families eliminate uh, and stay away from homelessness. Right now, the lines are open 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008 is our live line. Um, AJ, you said that's all uh, folks have been talking about is is the big game. You know, is it maybe it's me, but I just haven't felt maybe I haven't been watching enough. I haven't felt a lot of hype just yet. Have but um, you say you've 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 seen a lot of it. Well, yeah, I have a yeah. My friends are a lot of <laughs> okay. degenerate betters, so that's all we talk about right now is is who we're gonna pick, uh-huh. what we're gonna do, who we're who's covering the spread, who's doing what. But uh, I I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of excitement for the game itself. I don't yeah. know if it's uh for the Super Bowl itself, yeah. or excuse me, the big game itself, big not game. necessarily the teams that are in the big game. Yeah, and and you know what? Um, maybe we should explain to our listeners why we are very uh, intentional on uh, not saying the you know what the SB. Uh, you call it the big game or whatever, but you may not use that term, you know, because if you do, you'll violate some FCC regulations that have to do with the rights of whoever is taking care of the SB. It, it's all complicated, but anyway, we have to we have to steer clear of that. Um, but I did hear the only thing I did hear, I guess, uh, in calming down and, and listening to a little bit of it, is that someone was a little surprised that San Francisco was what a two or three point favor uh, over the Chiefs. Yeah, and that line has been moving. But has it? Okay. Yeah, but it's it does seem a little like a bit of a stretch. You wouldn't think three mm-hmm. points is is too much, but uh, the Chiefs are tough, man. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's real hard to bet against them, yeah, <laughs> especially I, when I'm they've not been personally. there. Personally, yeah, know. yeah, especially when they've been in that. I mean, they've been there before many, many times, and uh, you know, just when you count them out, you can't really count them out. I I don't know a whole lot um, about the 49ers because we don't get to see a lot of their their games mm-hmm. out this way. Uh, the name Christian McCaffrey, I know he uh, he chews up a lot of yardage for them. Uh, he gets them a lot of yards, and and they you know uh, Sam, was it Debo Samuel. Is that it? Yes. Yeah, Samuel mm-hmm. and just a couple of names like that. But we'll see. We'll see how they how they do. Um, I think it'll be. It's definitely going to be worth the watch. It's a, but how 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 lucky was Chase Young? I mean, to fall into. Oh wow! Yeah. He and and uh, the other one that went with him. Um, it was Chase Young and uh, there were two from Washington. Well, Marcus Sweat, but he went to the Bears. Oh, uh, Sweat went to the Bears. Okay. Yeah. Okay, they both so they both didn't go to to uh, San Francisco. No, Sweat ended up on the Bears. Oh, we love him out there. Yeah, he needs but to I'm, stay. I mean, talking about going from the cellar to the Pentagon to oh, the yeah. top of the oh yeah, woo! Because uh, I mean, and and don't get me wrong, I love the Commanders. I I I'm wishing them well, and I hope that they can because they had a whole lot of talent too. It just seems really kind of like a head scratcher with as much talent as they have, how they they don't seem to be able to to get out of that um out of that cycle, but um. Chase Young, I mean, he was in that cycle, and now look at him. He's, he's going to be playing in a Super Bowl. I mean, who would have thought 
uh, that at the beginning of the season or when things were going crazy that you would be playing in the Super Bowl. In the big game. In the Ah, <laughs> see, I did it too. I did it too. We, oh, my goodness. we got to be careful. So sorry, easy. sorry. It's so it easy. is so easy to do. But, you know, um, speaking of the FCC, I saw something this morning uh, that they have uh, made it an absolute law. I mean, they've they've made it totally illegal uh, for those artificial intelligence uh, campaign ads, uh, phone calls to be made. So anybody making phone calls with uh, artificial intelligence that disguises itself as candidates or what have you, um, they will be breaking the law. Let me see if I can find that. I hmm. got that this morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, you remember there was a, a whole lot of uh, fuss over. Um, Let's see. Over uh, this ad uh, that had been created with artificial intelligence of Joe Biden telling voters to do something that would be harmful to him. Oh. Uh, yeah, FCC. Rules. Oh, well, yeah, we do need to we do need to monitor that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's something that we do have to have the brains on. Technology is great when it's working in your favor, but it can be used for some crazy things out here. Mm-hmm. So it will be a direct anybody that's caught using caught doing that. Uh, will uh, be in direct violation of the FCC uh, FCC rules, and that that just came down today. Um, so hopefully, I, my uh, phone will populate and bring that up. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is probably one of the quickest uh, and most definitive, uh, swift, definitive um, uh, rule reigning in of this AI technology that I've seen in quite a while. Which is a good thing. Oh. It needs to have some type of some type of boundaries on it. Yes, indeedy. It's, it's it's just a lot of misinformation you can spread okay. with that, and, and it's it's very easy to trick. Not that I wouldn't even say it's, it's just older generation because they mm-hmm. trick millennials too and yeah. Gen Z as well. Rebel it's House. it's just too easy to pull the wool over people's eyes. Yeah. Well, it says here the Federal Communications Commission on Thursday, which is today, outlawed robocalls that contain voices generated by artificial intelligence. It's a decision that sends a clear message that exploiting the technology to scam people and mislead voters will not be tolerated. Um, wow. Yeah, so the mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm glad somebody is stepping in and doing something uh, about um, AI. Yeah, that's a uh, great thing. I'm trying to see what the uh, what the penalty would be, but it, anyway, AI uh, FCC has banned all AI generated voices in robocalls uh, that call on voters. Yeah, and they will find us oh, it as it'll find companies that use artificial intelligence voices in their calls or block the service provider. So. Um, let me see. Let me see. Unanimous. It was unanimous. Uh, AJ targets robocalls made with AI voice cloning tools under the wow. Telephone Consumer Protection Act, a 1991 law restricting junk calls mm-hmm. that use artificial and pre-recorded voice messages. The announcement comes as New Hampshire authorities are advancing their investigation into AI-generated robocalls that mimic President Joe Biden's voice to discourage people from voting in the state's first in the nation primary last month. So um, effective immediately, the regulation empowers the FCC to find companies that use AI voices in their calls or block the service providers that carry them. Uh, It also opens the door for call recipients to file lawsuits. So, yeah, uh, and the FCC is saying bad actors are using AI-generated voices and unsolicited robocalls Mm -hmm. to extort vulnerable family members, intimate imitate celebrities, and misinformed voters. But you know what? This is The fine is one thing, but blocking... uh, Blocking your your uh, your service provider—that's huge. Yeah, <laughs> that is huge. Yeah, just take them right out the game. 
Okay, here it is. I found it. I found it, AJ. I finally found it. Uh, those who break the law can face steep fines maxing out at more than $23,000 per call. $23,000 per call. Do you know how many robocalls are just put in place? I mean, there, there must be thousands of those calls made. Uh, I've gotten two since we started the show. So, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, $23,000 per call and... Per call and um, uh, in imposing a five million dollar fine on two conservative hosts, so they yeah it can add up. It can add up. Uh, twenty three. I don't know how they came up with. I don't know if twenty thousand or twenty five thousand or whatever. <laughs> but is not enough. Twenty five is too much. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> I don't. Twenty three. Yeah, you're right. Twenty three lies right there in the middle. But anyway, I thought that was interesting, and um, it it kind of goes. You know, the conversations that we have sometimes with the BBB, and they're talking about scammers and scam calls, robocalls, things of that nature. Uh, if you're caught by the FCC, um, guess what? You're going down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going down big time. And, you know, it goes into effect immediately. So as of today, this thing goes into effect. So, um, and if Incredible. you, yeah, it, well, you know what? You should report those two calls you got. <laughs> I, if they had some type of AI on them, if I answered them, I would know. But oh, okay. I never answered okay. them. You never answered I them. just leave them there. But I like this. This is a great first step. To stop the robocalls. Now let's take it a step further and bring it into the internet realm. Yeah. yeah. And because, you know, I'm sure there's some listeners or maybe even you have seen the videos that they'll put on Insta or Instagram or YouTube for ads and they'll market like it's a, a, a stimulus that you missed out on. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just selling insurance. And they have some famous person on there with an AI voice that's not theirs. No permission from their from the famous person to use their voice. But they're doing that same thing and trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. Mm. We, we've got to nip that in the bud. Yep, we do. We absolutely do. So, um, 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. Uh, one of the other things I, I, I peeked in on this morning I was listening to was uh, Supreme Court oral arguments on um, whether or not uh, the 14th Amendment applies uh, to Donald Trump in the, in the case where, or in the sense that because he was a participant of an insurrection, he should not be allowed to be on the ballot uh, in, in Colorado. And so oral arguments were heard this morning uh, in the Supreme Court. And surprisingly, uh, most of the justices, even the liberal wing, if such as it is, uh, even the liberal wing of the justices were leaning toward or appeared to be leaning toward um uh, ruling against Colorado, uh, which you know, of course said that he could not be on the ballot because he participated in an insurrection. Uh, it looks like they were leaning toward uh, voting against that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, there, there's some other things that are going before the Supreme Court, but uh, uh, that was interesting to listen to this morning as well. They haven't. I've never really paid a whole lot of attention to the Supreme Court until recently. Mm-hmm. As far as listening to the oral arguments, of course I've read stuff and and think, but just listening in, in terms of how the justices go about arguments, uh, it, it's really interesting. So uh, there's that. 317-972-3008. Uh, Sherry, go ahead. How are you? Hello, Tina. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Yes, fine. Mm. I just want to tell you, thank you for the communication breakdown, because that's what we need to do. Now, since you made that law for the robo cyberspace, let's 
deal with the other issue with that. Do you know how every time I get over a thousand calls at 54 years old, not qualified for Medicare? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, I think everybody getting oh, calls. Oh my no goodness! It's calls, it's mail, it's flooded, it's every, and I'm like, and what a business! What a business! And then this is the thing: marketing team's been out here. This is how our business flourished by the marketing mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Now, what I would like to see, sensor ties for my elders. Mm-hmm. And people of lack of knowledge, like the 18 to 20 who's moving in the world, mm-hmm. let's sensitize these marketers on common sense rules. I get a thousand to almost really, if I count them, it's probably over a thousand, Tina, and you do. But if a person and a company keep calling the same person with that person and that person, because you know, one of the things I hate this name I'm about to bring up, mm-hmm. okay, you guys, because mm-hmm. I hate this name called mm-hmm. Trump. Mm-hmm. But most of the Republican Party, so I want my Democratic Party to wake up right now, deal with certain issues that the public is concerned about. So let's, the Democratic Party, let's get in action because you remember, Tina, I told you I moved from Indianapolis to Marion, Indiana? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Woo! That Republican Party moving in whole little entities that um, <laughs> we need to wake up on. Mm. How do you that like it so far? Feel, oh, yes, that I feel like the Democratic Party start need to be in these rural routes. Yeah. Yeah, And I wanted to say, I said this this weekend on Politically Speaking. So let us all get in action, says the Democratic Parties, and so one of them is the marketing team. We have elders and young people getting scammed, and some of them ain't on cyber or robotic. They are foreigners, and I hate to say this, mm-hmm. it's more of them than us. Mm-hmm. They're not understanding. No, I do not need your service. So I'll show you what I mean, Tina, marketing team. Did you know that I've been having insurance on myself since I was 22 years old? I don't need no more life insurance. I don't need none of that. So final expenses, you know all them calls we get from final expenses. Mm-hmm. That's what life insurance for. I can only die when I get it, and our family will get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can only get it when you die, you mean. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And what I mean, my family going to get it. That means mm-hmm. I'm saving up for the prosperity of my family, like mm-hmm. Rich do. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. a poor little black child mm-hmm. trying to make sure we all make it make sense. So since we could do the cyber thing on that, Let's talk about companies that keep torturing our elders and low-educated minds. So I get so many calls of Michael, who is still Michael, calling me for life insurance, health care, Medicare, and all that. Let's uh, censor that, too, because they're live people. That Some of them ain't on cyber. Mm. Yeah, so that's true. I gave so, y'all something that we can fight. 
Yeah, I I would. You know what? Tomorrow we should. I, I think I think it's Vanessa Summers. I might ask her about that if there's any legislation that's been crafted uh, this year. It's a short this session. It's a shorter one. And so they're limited in terms of the bills, but there may have already been a bill. I, I don't know. We'll have to see what's down there in the hopper. Um, uh, to me, that's a good start, and then yeah. that's a good start. And then with our children, uh-huh. let's get off some real stuff with our kids. Because let me show you this: in the rural routes, I saw for the last two years, the rural routes are in a drug pandemic world with the mess. Mm-hmm. That they all come to our city, our city in Indianapolis to get fixed for the meth lab. Mm. They're dying. Let's do statistics in that. Now, it is Black History Month. One of the things about Black History Month, our knowledge of education has not been sorted out in the educated world. Nowhere. So, let us work on that too. Education and knowledge is important. So, Democratic Party, let's get on this we're going to ban books because I got some books from 1847 to mm-hmm. 1829 that we might want to touch. But mm-hmm. if I can't get it, then what can we do for our people? Our children are hurting from the lack of knowledge from voting, blackness, creation, mm-hmm. learning. Our kids are not getting science Mm-mm. in Indianapolis. Yeah. So let's get on a whole page, Democratic Party, and fighting for stuff that we need. Because this conservative party, I don't think they so conservative behind the back screen of mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so you know that man of Trump I don't yeah. too much care for? Yeah. No, Let me true. tell you this. He opened up doors for us to think and move. So mm-hmm. let's get it, Tina. So let's work on a whole lot of stuff because it's 2024, and I need a great president in that office no matter what color he is let's yeah. get him in that office i love you tina All that's right. just an excellent moment i'm gonna do whatever i can to learn here okay sure we love you too and, and by all means while well, i if you can we would love to have you call back on a friday uh to talk with our state lawmakers because you have made a very good point about where it all starts so you you get it you get it you've got the uh you've got the you've drawn the connection and you know where it is so uh if you can call back uh or on any day when we have a mm-hmm. state lawmaker uh that would be great that would be great pierre go ahead how are you oh good afternoon tina um right to my point uh immigration and that uh charging mm-hmm. station debacle um and i don't know how that happened but um one of the things I uh, just wanted to uh, follow up yesterday, um, I'm not anti-immigrant or anti-immigration. I am anti-uncontrolled immigration. And we just simply cannot accommodate everybody that wants to come here. And then when you see state governments shelling out millions of dollars to take care of people who just kicked in the door to get here, that's a problem. And it's going to be a problem for the Democrats come November. Like Now, the point I was making yesterday is if the Democrats think that they're going to have a nice, calm convention in Chicago this summer, they've got another thing coming. And uh, like I said, the president needs to um, um, uh, uh, get it together. It's, and see, and instead of sending uh, representatives up to Michigan like he's doing to meet with the uh, – 
Arab community, he needs to go up there personally himself and talk and talk to the folks and tell him what he's going to do about that. Now, the other point I wanted to ask you about, I want you to re-educate us on this, is that charging station debacle um, that uh, Pete Buttigieg stuck up there in his area. And and I, from what I understand, if I understand it right, there was a group of black ministers and a, a coalition of black yeah, the state that, the state NAACP uh, enlisted the and then the um, interdenominational ministerial alliance here joined their efforts and joined them. Um, I joined their efforts to to draw attention to this and to uh, uh, to see what could be corrected. So yeah. Yeah, people. Secretary of Transportation. Mm-hmm. Disrespect Andre Carson like that. Now I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, come on now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Andre been in Congress since 2008. He's been in there five years longer than Hakeem Jeffries. And this is how he gets treated. The disrespect. And quite frankly, you know, you know, Pete Booty, what's Pete Booty Judge going to do? Run for Congress after he's done uh, uh, up there in uh, Washington as the Secretary of State? I just think it was a conflict of interest and unfair uh, for him to do that. You got a million, two million people sitting down here in the greater Indianapolis area, and they're going to put charging stations up in South Bend. There ain't no electric cars up in South Bend. No, no not as many as they got down here. I just, I'm just at a loss, but. But thank you, Tina, for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thank you, Pierre. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Jeff, go ahead. How are you? Hey, Tina. Hey, AJ. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Well, I'm gonna kind of piggyback off Pierre because uh, I think you know we're not getting all our facts together. You know, once again, we'll put this on the Democrats. And if anybody followed the news, it wasn't the Democrats. It was the Republicans. The Republicans sabotaged their own immigration bill. Yeah. Why, Pierre? Because a certain uh, ex-president mm-hmm. needs something to talk about. Well, oh, he he, a- he wanted chaos instead of order, and yeah, he figured that chaos. if there was order there, that would benefit I'm, 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 Biden. I'm, I'm, if it's I'm, chaos, I'm, it would benefit him. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, Senator Langford, a Republican, Pierre. He's a Republican. Republican. And a very conservative mm-hmm. one put out a bill, which Democrats wasn't very happy with, but they said, you know what? Yeah, okay, because there's nothing there for dreamers. There's nothing there for uh, uh, amnesty. But they said, you know what? We'll, we'll work with you guys. You know, it was a done deal. Even uh, mm-hmm. that, that that loser down there in Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, was with it. But then, and then, then that, that, that pretender to be a, a speaker of the House, you know, calls himself a Christian, a man lies more than he reads the Bible, Mike Johnson got a phone call from Trump said, no, you kill that bill because I need something to talk about. I need to scare white people saying that here come all these brown people from Central and South America, and I need Fox News and Newsmax and ONA to be on it to say, you know, to scare poor white folks in the middle of America, okay? So once again, I, I, I people really need to start doing research when he start putting stuff out there. No, Pierre, it was not the Democrats. It was Trump. They, they had a deal. Biden was signed off on it. Uh, Mitch McConnell signed off on it. But Trump told mm-hmm. the, the House 
don't sign it because I, I I'm it's an election year. I need yeah. I need a bogey. I need a bogey man. I need a yeah. bogey man. But they don't tell you about how corporate America wants the cheap labor. So don't get mad at brown people uh, and people from Mexico and Central America and Haiti. Get mad at Wall Street who wants that cheap labor. Now Tina mm-hmm. and AJ, you know, uh, are you guys going to clean toilets for uh, five dollars an hour? No benefits. <laughs> Okay, there you go. Uh, and I, I'm sure Pierre don't want to clean toilets for $5 an hour. Mm-hmm. But Wall Street, Walmart, these corporate farms like Tyson and all these places, they want the cheap labor. But they want a bogeyman, too. They want to scare blue-eyed, blonde-haired white folks that here come these Haitians, here come these Mexicans, you know. But they got no problem hiring them. No, they got no problem hiring them. So, as long as America has an appetite for cheap labor, for cheap labor, mm-hmm. that wall ain't getting built. I mean, so you can get up there and talk about, yeah, there should be something done about immigration. I got a problem with something, with, with, you know, with the, with immigration. I got issues with it myself. But, you know, to just put this all, oh, but I do a lot of reasons, it just yeah. sounds because if the, you heard if, Bill O'Reilly mm-hmm. or, or somebody from Fox News say that. If you listen, you get your information from Fox News, you, you really need to. Yeah. Well, if so, the uh, if the Dems spin out of this correctly, and from all indications, it seems as if they will correctly and forcefully, if they spin out of it, uh, the way that they could, it, this is going to be, you know, the fact that it was just uh, blown up uh, in the Senate after they got exactly what they wanted. I'm not so sure that the Democratic National Convention is going to be the one with the chaos. It very well could be the Republican National Convention. Uh, with the chaos, based on uh, what could be um, a lot of inf- a lot of infighting, which seems to be um, building uh, up uh, quite a bit as well. So that that's something that remains to be seen. But I think if the uh, the Democrats, like I say, spin out of this and do the messaging correctly, swiftly, firmly, and unequivocally, um, put the blame uh, where it belongs and leave it there, um, I don't think Biden's going to be facing a whole lot. I think he'll he'll have some problems in some other areas. I I think if they do it, you know, do the immigration thing the right way, um, that won't be an issue uh, in Chicago, as Pierre was saying. But as always, we will see. Mm-hmm. We are uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, helping veterans and families avoid homelessness and other things that we don't want them to have to deal with, we don't want them to have to experience. Uh, we're we're going to be talking with that agency uh, very very shortly. Uh, right after this break. We'll be right back. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we are back with Community Connection. Our first guest is Emmy Hildebrand. She is the CEO of uh, Helping Veterans and Families, HVAF, although there may be another way of saying that. But anyway, it's Helping Veterans and Their Families. She's here to share with us more on what the organization does and is doing and more on House Bill 1087, designed to prevent discrimination against those who have served in the military. Uh, Emmy, welcome to Community Connection. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. So tell us about Helping Veterans and Families first, uh, you know, before we get going. Tell us all about the organization. 
HVAF is based here in Indianapolis, and for more than 30 years, we've been serving veterans and uh, families facing homelessness in our community. Mm -hmm. Um, Really excited to be able to serve, you know, those who serve our country um, and, you know, help them live the lives that they deserve. So how is what you do different than what the Department of Veteran Affairs does? So the Department of Veterans Affairs has two primary missions. Um, They have the health care mission out of the hospital, and then they have uh, benefits administration, which handles disability claims and things like that. But what we're doing is more um, meeting immediate needs than that. So, you know, if a veteran and their family are homeless here in central Indiana, we're working to place them into housing, whether that's temporary housing that we maintain or providing rental assistance to let them um, move into an apartment in the community or find permanent housing. I would say we're addressing more of those acute needs. Yeah. It seems almost unthinkable that you we're saying veteran and homeless in the same uh, in the same sentence. Um, It just doesn't you know, it it simply does not compute uh, and it shouldn't be. Um, especially for veterans and those who have served our country. Here's you. You wrote an op-ed. I, I want to read a little bit um, about it uh, to to our listeners. And here's part of it. According to the National Alliance to End Homelessness, on average, seventeen thousand new people enter homelessness every week in the United States. Sadly, this includes far too many veterans. In fact, veterans are more likely than non-veterans to face homelessness. In Indianapolis, veterans represent only 4% of the population, but account for 11% of those experiencing homelessness in our community. Since 1993, Helping Veterans and Families, HVAF, has been serving veterans and families facing homelessness in central Indiana. We provide housing with intensive case management, access to mental health care, employment, and legal services and assistance with basic needs through our food, clothing, and hygiene pantries. Uh, Last year, 1,349 veterans received life-changing, life-saving assistance at HVAF. So... I, th- this statistic caught me. Only 4% of veterans here in Indianapolis represent only 4% of the population, but account for more, almost three times as much as those experiencing homelessness, uh, 11%, nearly three times that number of those experiencing homelessness. So what leads to, what? what is the underlying cause of homelessness among our veterans? Um, So I would just start off by saying we couldn't agree with you more that, you know, veterans experiencing homelessness should be unacceptable anywhere in our country. You know, these are people who signed up to serve and protect freedoms for all of us. And it should be, um, you know, just unconscionable that they would come home and face homelessness, um, you know, in their hometowns and and, in their country. Um, But, you know, veterans also uh, struggle with a lot of, um, you know, issues, some related to the military service and some not. But the primary causes of homelessness are um, unemployment, lack of income, um, mental health and substance use issues. Um, And, you know, those can lead um, to, you know, different spirals in life that um, contribute to someone finding themselves on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And and so what what can be I mean, what's the intervention here? So we believe the solution to homelessness is housing. 
And that can look different depending on what the veteran needs. So here at HVAF, um, we offer uh, three main interventions. One is transitional housing. So it's temporary housing that a veteran can stay in for six to 12 months. They work with a case manager and an employment specialist to address all the barriers that may have caused their homelessness with the goal of moving into permanent housing on their own um, you know, in that amount of time. We also do a lot of rental assistance for veterans in the community. So um, you know, we're able to help with things like security and utility deposits, um, uh, paying rent for a few months, um, and, and providing employment assistance. That's for veterans who um, just need a light touch. You know, maybe they lost their job or they've gone through a life event that's just caused them to be a little short um, in being able to mm-hmm. sustain themselves. And then lastly, we offer permanent supportive housing, which is for the most vulnerable veterans in our community. So veterans who need lifelong support to be able to maintain their housing. And we want to be sure to offer all of that to veterans here in central Indiana. Yeah. Our guest uh, is Emmy Hildebrand, uh, the CEO of HVAF, which stands for Helping Veterans and Families. Um, Our number, if you want to join the conversation, 317-972-3008. Uh, especially if you're a veteran, we want to hear from you. 317-972-3008. Emmy, what have you found to be true more often than not in terms of how our veterans are falling through the cracks uh, into these areas where they're having a difficult time just navigating? Well, I would say, you know, one of the first struggles that veterans face is just getting out of the military. Um, When you go from, you know, a highly structured environment where someone's telling you, Um, where to be and what to wear and, you know, how to behave to uh, your first day out of the military when all those decisions are on you, that can be a real challenge for a lot of veterans. So I would say that that's the first point of vulnerability. And then um, just like every other, you know, complex um, thing that we all navigate, when you're having a hard time, um, you know, it can feel like unnecessary barriers. Um, You know, if you are trying to get enrolled in VA healthcare, that can be quite a process. And that might keep you from, you know, connecting with a mental health care provider, which just exacerbates your problem. So what we're trying to do here at HVAF is remove all of those barriers to treatment. So in addition to housing, we have a really robust employment services program because we know that it's easy for veterans to fall through the cracks. So mm-hmm. if we can bring some of that in-house, we can make it much easier for a veteran to connect with employment assistance. Um, mm-hmm. Same with mental health care. We have on staff a full-time therapist. Um, you know, as, as part of our team here so that, you know, there's no opportunity for a veteran um, not to make that next appointment. Yeah. And so I, I the, the other part of, of your title is and families. Tell me why that's important, uh, especially with veterans, because you say helping veterans and families, which we don't often see, you know, the joint mission there, so to speak. Right. Um, You know, veterans often come with families. And one thing that we're seeing here, in addition um, to veterans being much more likely to be homeless than non-veterans, women veterans are actually the fastest growing segment of the homeless population. And um, many women come with children. And we want to make sure that we're equipped to meet the family's needs to make sure that's First of all, they can stay together, um, and second, that um, you know they can be moved out of the trauma of homelessness um, as a family unit, and um, you know hopefully be stronger on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me about. I mean, this this is this mission is is so uh, in, in important uh, that you've taken it to the state house, so to speak. So, tell us about uh, your efforts and and um, and interest there, especially pertaining to the House bill that we talked about right before as we were introducing it. 
So I'd like to give credit to one of my teammates here at HVAS. Bobby Schulke is our uh, permanent housing coordinator. Mm -hmm. And he came to me uh, late last year and said, you know, one thing that we're seeing out in the field is that when we're trying to place a veteran who's utilizing a voucher um, to subsidize their housing um, into a unit in Indianapolis, landlords are allowed to decline to rent to them simply because they're using a voucher. And if you look at... Can you repeat that? They're allowed to, to decline that? Yes. Um, You you can deny housing to anyone in the state of Indiana using a voucher just because they're using a voucher. Um, And other states have laws um, protecting those voucher holders because, um, as I said earlier, um, you know, veterans who need lifelong support to maintain their housing are the most vulnerable veterans. So, you know, they may have a physical or mental health disability, um, just, you know, multiple challenges that make keeping their housing difficult. Um, so when we're putting this vulnerable population out there and letting um, them be discriminated against um, and not get safe and affordable housing, um, it really is challenging to be able to make progress on ending veteran homelessness um, when there are so many limited options in that permanent housing space. Yeah. So um, 317-972-3008, uh, we're talking about veterans uh, and helping veterans and their families. Uh, it says here that you worked with Representative Renee Pack and Indiana Black Legislative Caucus members this session to introduce HB 1087, which prevents discrimination against those who serve in our military. Uh, this, yeah, so can you tell us about some of the finer points of that bill, um, provisions of the bill, so to speak? Sure. So um, the the bill's technical language is that it prevents discrimination against veterans um, based Mm -hmm. on income source, um, which is, um, simply put, that housing voucher. So the Indianapolis Housing Agency uh, provides veterans um, that meet all the eligibility requirements with a housing voucher that will pay um, the majority of their rent. Veterans are responsible for 30% of their income or $50. that voucher is paired with supportive services from the VA, and that comes in terms of a case manager who is working with that veteran to make sure that they maintain their housing. Um, so what this bill does is add that as a protected class to Indiana housing laws. Oh, okay. Landlords are not able to discriminate against veterans simply because they're using a voucher. That's great. Yeah, it is. My, I got a text from my mom who's listening to the show. She uh-huh. rents homes in, in Illinois, and she said that definitely is not allowed there, so it's good that Indiana is getting up to swing. Yeah, so so what's the state? That is good, AJ. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and it's not allowed in the state of Illinois. Do you know uh, any other states where it's not allowed? Because it sounds like Indiana's behind uh, behind the times here doing that. Yeah, I believe there are 19 states in the country that have laws, um, and many uh, municipalities have laws on the books, too, to prevent this kind of discrimination. So we are a little behind. Um, And, you know, when we're we're thinking about the sacrifices that veterans Mm -hmm. make on our behalf, um, I think this is the least that we can do um, to make sure that they're able to, um, you know, move into permanent housing and utilize the resources provided by the government they served to keep it. Um, We should remove all the barriers that prevent that from happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so what's the status there? Um, I don't think the bill is going to move forward this year. Um, but uh, we're no less excited about continuing to talk about it. Um, you know, this needs to happen. Veterans deserve this sort of protection. And if we're serious about ending veteran homelessness, we need everyone to pitch in and help. And landlords are such a key part of that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, Go ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. Emmy, I do want to thank you for that. I actually am a veteran, so I want to thank you for your for your help to my, my oh. brothers and sisters in arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a question for you. I I do want to ask. Uh, do you work hand in hand with the branches locally? With the branches of the military? Yes. Um, we do. Um, actually, we just had a, a couple of soldiers here this morning that did a food drive with their unit. Um, they wanted to drop off um, the food items for our pantry. Um, so we do quite a bit of outreach um, just to make sure that veterans are aware of us. Um, we have a, a veteran who's actually um, been homeless himself, who goes out every day doing street outreach. So he's looking for veterans who are unsheltered, um, you know, inviting them into the services that we provide. Um, and we work with other agencies, too, that might come across a veteran so that they know how to get them in touch with us. Beautiful. And what do you think it would take for this to become available for recently separated veterans or mm. just as, as consultation? As you mentioned, your, uh, your employment uh, agency, your employment help in there, that could be very beneficial to recently separated veterans who are going through it and getting out of that structure. What, how, what can we do to make that more available to them? Um, so veterans can just call us. Um, our number is 317-951-0688 or visit our website, which is hvaf.org. Um, and it's, it's very easy to navigate and just submit a request for help um, because we do have a lot of employment assistance. Um, we have a really innovative program called VetWorks, um, which is great for helping veterans um, you know, gain the skills to be competitive in today's job market. So um, it's a really intensive program where we work with veterans on soft skills and then also on credentials, whether that's a degree or a certificate or an apprentice program, I'm just trying to make sure they have the skills to be competitive in today's job market. So, AJ, let me ask you a question. You, you brought up a good, uh, a good point and a term, uh, recently separated. So what does separation entail? I mean, when you're done with your time in the military, what, I mean, how are you prepared for your time outside the military? Is there a standard, I guess, or does that depend on the branch? It, it kind of depends on, on where you are. It kind of depends uh-huh. on where you are and who your leadership is. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's very loose. There isn't a, a standard, I would say. There's not really a standard uh-huh. outside of going through, you know, going through your exit. But it's uh, it varies. It varies based on the leadership and who is, is guiding you down that path because you definitely could just get tossed the keys per se and say, hey, yeah. see you later. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of help if you don't, if they're not there to give it to you. Yeah. So, so some counseling, some post, I guess, post-separation counseling mm-hmm. would be good. So what what about the qualifications for these vouchers that you're talking about, uh, Emmy? Um, you were saying these vouchers, What what is it? Does it do you just have to be uh, what uh, honorably discharged and you're entitled to a voucher? No. Um, so, again, um, yeah. these are for the most vulnerable veterans. Okay, 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 I got you. To, um, you know, have a disability diagnosis, whether that's a physical disability or health, mm-hmm. uh, disability, um, there are income uh, limits to it. Um, and then um, there are different criteria for, um, you know, honorable service and, and all of that. So yeah. it's not just, you know, we're awarding free housing to any veteran in the community. It's really for those who really need the support. Really need the support. And that makes sense. 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. We are talking about helping veterans and families. Uh, Reverend Phillips, go ahead. How are you? Yes, ma'am. How you doing, uh, Tina? I'm doing uh, well, sir. How are you? And uh, and also I want to have happy. Uh, 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 I'm I'm sorry. My sympathy go out to Jerry Wade. 
It's going to be missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is um, to Miss Amy, do that work for people who who's on some type of disability also? Um, You're asking if we provide employment assistance for veterans with disabilities? I'm talking about do that work for, say, people uh, got a disability, like, like they go to Midtown or Galview or Dalton Children or or, uh, 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 BBS or something like that. Do that apply to uh, Bill as well? Because you know they got they got disability too. Yeah, we mm. we try to make sure that you know veterans um, get the services that they need, and that those are best provided by a community partner, um, like several of those that you mentioned. Obviously, we're collaborating there. Um, many of our veterans um, are eligible for VA health care, so we make sure they're receiving both their physical and mental health care at the VA, because um, those are often you know primary to address before we can really talk about housing sustainability. Yeah, yeah, a, a lot. Sounds like a lot. You know, a lot of. Uh... Yeah, a lot of things that, that have to be sorted out and like you say if you're if you have some competing you know concerns and, and special needs uh, is it's just magnified and it, it, it gets more complicated yeah you're absolutely right I like to um, kind of talk about homelessness as almost like a snowball it's not usually one thing mm. um, so you know an example mm. in Indiana um, if you lose your job um, you might fall behind on your child support. And the repercussion for that might be that your driver's license is suspended. And now it's infinitely harder for you to find and keep employment um, because you can't get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it, those things, they just kind of pile on each other. Yeah. Um, and our staff is so great. We've got so many talented case managers who can you know, meet one-on-one with veterans and, and kind of like start to dig out one by one and address all of those issues. Yeah. So, um, so what's, what, 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 going forward, where are we? I mean, right now you say there's not a whole lot, it's a shorter session. Is, is 1087 going to be revived, uh, in the next session, which is a little bit longer and maybe, yeah, I don't know, maybe a little bit better chance or, and then what are you going to do in the interim, uh, between sessions? That would be hope. Um, you know, we, we met with legislators, um, early in the session and, and that was kind of feedback that we got that, Mm -hmm. um, it's a short session and it moves very quickly um, you know, and something like this requires a little more effort. So um, we're excited to continue working with Representative Pack, who's a veteran herself, um, as, as well as the, the rest of the Black Caucus, um, to make sure that those who need housing in our community have access to it. Yeah. Um, so the demographics uh, are, are a lot of these. I, I noticed you mentioned the, uh, the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus. Uh, these veterans, uh, disproportionately African-American or minority? They are. Um, uh I would say African-Americans represent about 30% of the population in Marion County. And last year, nearly 60% of the veterans we served were African-Americans. So there is a huge um, disproportionate nature of homelessness. Um, and we want to you know, do all that we can to end that. Um, and again, uh, the contributing factor, factors to that, uh, how, why is that? You know, I, I think that the jury's still out on that, but 
I mean, I think that there are obviously issues of, of, of poverty and systemic um, racism issues that just have impacted generations of, uh, you know, those living in Indianapolis. And, um, you know, we just need to make sure that we're providing high quality services, that we're removing barriers to safe and affordable housing um, so that, you know, many more of our citizens are able to find that stability. So how does HVAF as an organization, how do you do with uh, finding housing? I mean, is it a little more difficult now? Has it been, I mean, you know, what is the availability of housing to, to match uh, veterans in need? Uh, or could it be better? Is I mean, I, I don't know what the, the landscape is like as you're doing what you do. What is the landscape like? So we're always looking for more landlord partners, um, just like everybody else. You know, we've seen housing costs go up um, pretty dramatically over these last few years, mm-hmm. um, and that can present a challenge. So we're always looking for landlords who have quality, um, affordable housing here in Indianapolis um, that, you know, want to do something um, good for those who served in the military. Um, and they can reach out via our website as well. Um, we, you know, love to discuss a, a partnership there. Um, we've just also seen increasing need uh, across the board. Um, With the the rise in food prices, visits to our pantry have more than doubled. Um, So we need partners in the community who want to, you know, host food drives and and donate um, non-perishable food items to help support that need too. Yeah. Again, it just doesn't seem like that is even, that that's a real thing, but it it is. Uh, And and so we we certainly need to talk about it. Um, You know what? Let's uh, let's take a quick we we have a quick break that we have to get in. Then I want to come back and we can remind everyone uh, about uh, where they can contact you and if they want to help and and a whole lot of other uh, informational things. Can you stay with us through this break and then we'll be right back? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, we'll be right back. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we are back with Community Connection, going into right at the top of our second hour. Our guest, Emmy Hildebrand. She is the CEO of HVAF, which stands for Helping Veterans and Families. Um, They are dedicated to eliminating homelessness and helping veterans, especially those uh, with special needs, uh, to stay on their feet and to avoid uh, homelessness. 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. HVAF helps veterans uh, in a number of ways uh, and has been around. Emmy, is that correct? 30 years? Is that what you said? About 30 years? Yeah, we celebrated our 30th anniversary last year, so this is year number 31. Oh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Uh, congratulations. So uh, we do have a caller, uh, 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. We are talking veterans. Uh, Ron, go ahead. you have a question? Uh, yes. How are you, Tina, you and your guests? Doing, Good afternoon to you. Doing well, thank you. I, I have uh, two questions. and uh, One, uh, my first question is, um, do you help veterans file their claims? And the other is, are you finding that a lot of uh, uh, homeless veterans are suffering from post-traumatic stress? And I asked that question because it's, it's something that a lot of people don't realize happens because I was out of the, the military for 10 years before I found, before I realized I was suffering from PTSD. 
Mm. So that that's uh, uh, those are the two questions uh, because the the navigating the VA system as far as filing claims can can send you to a mental health specialist just for that. So those are my two questions. And thank you for taking my call, Tina. Thank you. Um, so I'll answer your uh, questions in the order you pose them. In terms of assisting with VA claims, we don't do that directly, but we work very closely with uh, Department of Veterans Affairs and also um, the county service officers here in Marion County um, to make sure that veterans have the assistance they need to file their claims, because you're right, it is a very bureaucratic and, and can be a very frustrating process. So we want to make sure that there's a veteran who has a service-connected disability um, that, you know, we're putting them in touch with the right people to get that, that claim done. Um, in terms of PTSD, yes, about 80% of the veterans we serve um, report a mental health um, diagnosis or a substance use issue. Um, that's why we've added a full-time therapist on the staff. We just want to make sure that um, if someone is suffering from a mental health condition, that we've got treatment right here to help. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine that your um, your referral network is, is pretty broad as well, because while you do a lot, uh, like you just said, we, we don't do everything. But I would imagine you have a pretty robust referral network as well for veterans. Yes, we do. Um, you know, we're very good at, at housing and employment assistance and, and mental health services. Um, but we recognize that we don't do everything and we've really worked mm-hmm. hard to build connections either you know, with landlords or employers or other providers to make sure that if there's a need that a veteran um, has, we're able to get them in touch with the right person. Absolutely. 317-972-3008. Linda, you have a question. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you all today? I'm doing good. Thank you. I'm calling to find out if you all assist uh, families of veterans. I'm the wife of a veteran um, that is facing homelessness. And the veteran is, unfortunately, has left the household. So you're the wife of a veteran who's left the household, but you're in need of some no, house. The home- veteran has left the household, but my family is facing homelessness. I am the wife of a veteran, and I have children that are the veteran's children. So usually for our programs, um, because many of them are funded by the Department of Veterans Affairs, the veteran has to be in the household. Um, But there are other things that we could assist with in terms of, um, you know, you're welcome to come to our food pantry, which is open on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1130 to 230. I know it's not the assistance that you're looking for, but, you know, maybe that would help free up resources in another area for you. Uh, Linda, can I ask you a question? Were you totally dependent on the veterans' uh, income for your household, you and your children? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're facing homelessness. Okay. Um, so what What other options? Uh, Emmy, yeah, Emmy, very good uh, about the, the pantry and things of that nature. Um uh, what other uh, what what else have you looked at, Linda? Have you have you tried to to get help in other areas? Oh yes, definitely, definitely. I um I've, I've got lists and lists of resources, but uh, I'm also disabled. Mm-hmm. Now, did you did did the veteran that your per the, the veteran that you were married to uh, were you? Um, during that their terms of service, were you with them like in different places or different cities or you know their different service areas? You and your children? No. No. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, I uh, that that's a tough one, uh, Emmy. It's a very tough one. Um, yeah, I mean, my my first recommendation would be to work with a township trustee. Um, you know, near where you live, they mm-hmm. can uh, sometimes help with utility and rental assistance. There are also other providers that serve non-veterans, um, so you might look into, you know, the homeless initiative program um, or Horizon House, um, uh, other folks who have resources mm-hmm. that are targeted to non-veterans. That's a really good question, though, and an interesting scenario in that she was married to a veteran, she's still married to a veteran, but the veteran's not in the household, so is she entitled to veteran uh, benefits uh, you know, and veteran help, which is really interesting. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how you, how you process it. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's a difficult situation for sure. Um, but you know, so many of our our grants come with funding stipulations about eligibility, and um, they're pretty restrictive to mm-hmm. the veteran. Veterans mm-hmm. and the veterans do have to be in in the home. So you mm-hmm. were going to add something, AJ? Oh uh, okay. yeah, I just had another uh, question, real quick. We mm-hmm. had a I know we were running low on time here with Emmy, but mm-hmm. we had a caller who couldn't stay on the line who asked, uh, "Do you guys assist?" veterans with uh, home repairs mm. we do not um mm. we focus on meeting some more of those acute needs mm. but mm. um you know, if, if someone wanted to reach out and call you know i know we've helped people apply for the the military relief fund which does some of those home repairs or or hook them up with the other organizations that we've heard of that do that kind of work yeah that's a good gotcha. question that's a good that's another good one mm. so if a veteran is uh perhaps disabled and needs home repairs they should go what what where would you would i guess would that go back to the va revert to the va uh i'm not sure the va does much of that either Mm, um the first place that i would start would be the indiana military relief fund um, which is a state fund administered by the indiana department of veterans affairs Mm -hmm. um, for instances like this Um, and i know that they have different criteria so I can't say for certain that every incident would qualify, um, but I know they're able to provide, you know, one-time assistance um, in cases like this. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, well, people are calling in with some really good questions, I mean, and some very interesting scenarios. Um, I, I guess this is uh, this happens on the regular with, with your day-to-day, is that correct? It does, um, uh, and as I mentioned, we have a really talented staff, and, and some of those are program screeners. So I know they get over 40 calls every day mm-hmm. with veterans who have a variety of situations, and you know we just want to make sure that um, we're hooking them up with the, the right programs, and if, if if it's not assistance that we can provide, that you know we're making sure that they don't fall through the cracks. Okay. Um, so what? Uh, okay. So again, if someone wanted to find out more about helping veterans and families. Uh, and eliminating the homelessness uh, among veterans. Um, what what should the, what's the website, the phone number, and and things of that nature for um, our veterans to uh, to call uh, to seek assistance if they're in need of it. So our website is hvas.org. Mm-hmm. We are also on uh, various uh, social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram um, at hvaf of Indiana. And our phone number is 317-951-0688. We're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m. Um, and would encourage veterans who need assistance and also um, those who'd like to join us in our uh, mission to end veteran homelessness to reach out. So there's a, there are opportunities to volunteer. There are opportunities to volunteer. In fact, our food pantry is run uh, by volunteers every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, so, you know, we welcome individuals, uh, corporate groups, civic groups, 
Um, we can do, you know, pantry service or we can work at, you know, one of HVAF's properties, maybe planting flowers or, or getting ready for spring. Um, and we're also looking for, um, as I mentioned, employer partners, landlord partners, um, and those who have the means to financially donate to help further our mission. Indeed. All righty. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us and for uh, answering our listeners' questions. And uh, please keep us posted um, on, the, yeah, I guess before the, if anything happens, uh, miraculously happens before the end of this session, uh, or as you head into the next session, keep us posted on this legislation. That's uh, That sounds like that's going to be very, very important. We will. Thanks so much for having us on the air today and for caring about the work that we're doing. It means a lot to us, too. Well, thank you, indeed. All right, we'll be talking with you. All right. And, all right, that's Emmy Hildebrand. She is the CEO of HVAF, helping veterans and families uh, eliminate and avoid uh, homelessness. And, uh, yeah, AJ, again, uh, you being former military, there's so much that, I mean, you know, the, these questions that, that, that people were calling in and asking about, wow, that's... That, that's a lot. I mean, every scenario is not the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every 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 coin has a different shade for sure. Yeah. And that's a that's a that's a service that is well needed. And I would mm -hmm. love to see that service grow and become a part of that exit, mm -hmm. that exit strategy. When you're getting out of the military, it just be there for you. So how much advance notice do you have or how much notice do you give yourself before you separate and what? What did it feel like for you when you separated? Uh, for me, it was I think uh, 180 days. I knew I wasn't coming oh, back. Oh, okay. They, they, they'll they'll ask you. They'll uh -huh. ask you over and over again two years before your contract oh, wow. is up. They'll oh. say, "Hey, you want to re up? You want to re up? You want to re up?" And I was just you know I knew I wasn't coming back, so <laughs> it was a little <laughs> okay. different for me. But I knew I wasn't coming back, so it was a little uh -huh. different. But we started early, basically. But most people start 60 to 90 days out, and they'll start there. They'll start to yeah. process out. And then the recess, I mean the recess, resources process out. The resources that are provided, is it, is it just, uh, I, I don't know, list a list of things or is yeah, it actual? Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's like you get a sheet of paper that's like, <laughs> hey, if you need something, call one of these numbers. It's not, it wasn't very uh -huh. immersive, at least when I uh -huh. was exiting. It wasn't very immersive. Uh, what branch were you in? Army, Army. Army National Guard, yeah. So you know it wasn't as immersive but you know my higher ups were mm -hmm. more caring so they checked on me and they mm. you know they made sure i was okay and they would you know still call me still text me but mm. not everybody does that not everybody takes care of their soldiers even when they you know even when you process out you're still yeah you're still a brother so 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 we we are under the the mindset i guess most of us are or believe that uh, every soldier that is in today's army navy air force marines comes out with some type of training or marketable skill or skill set mm. that they can just step right into civilian life and and you know seamlessly and it, it's not a problem mm. is that the case i mean or is it is it oversimplifying things it's it's oversimplifying for sure it, oh it, it is uh, okay that's not the case a lot of the times a lot of people will leave and not know what to do because their job is so specific to the military. Ah. So they, they'll leave and not know what they're good at or so what they can do. Regardless of the training that they've... I mean, everybody mm -hmm. in the military does have a specific role. Exactly. But exactly. that role may not, not always translate into uh, marketable civilian No, it does life. not. Luckily yeah. for me, I chose a communications role. Look at that. <laughs> Look at how, how that about that? Uh, you, there, there was an old movie. I can't even remember. Oh, it was called Good Morning Vietnam. Robin Williams was in it. Mm. And he played a uh, a DJ, and he kept the troops 
you know, I guess entertained and enlightened, informed, or whatever. And he, you know, he was like, "Good morning, Vietnam," you know, and mm. all that stuff. So, uh, he, I'm sure that uh, that skill set uh, translated uh, in some way. It's it's very uh, very old. I think I saw that when I was in my goodness, a long time ago. But um, it 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 showcased communications in the military. Mm-hmm. So. He got to do that. So, you know what, AJ? Um, might be time to give away some tickets. Yay, 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 yay. That's right. We are going to be giving away a pair of tickets to next week's Legends of Gospel concert featuring gospel greats Marvin Sapp, Donnie McClurkin, Hezekiah Walker, Anthony Brown, and Fred Hammond. They are all going to be appearing live at Clues Hall on the campus of Butler University one week from today, Thursday, February 15th at 7 p.m. Your time and your opportunity to win a free pair of tickets to the Legends of Gospel concert is right now. So the 10th caller, we will take the 10th caller to the number 317-972-3008. Caller number 10, you win. 317-972-3008. And while AJ is getting all of that together and counting all of the different callers, wanted to share with you um, a couple of things uh, that are going to be taking place. Of course, this uh, this Legends of Gospel concert uh, is going to kick off All-Star Weekend because it's on a Thursday and then, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, into the All-Star uh, event. So, um Tip-off uh, is also uh, that Thursday um, that uh, the first time the NBA host city is going to be hosting uh, the NBA All-Star Tip-Off with the celebration of Indiana's love of basketball, special appearances, music, fireworks, and more. Uh, the headlining act is going to be performed at Bicentennial Unity Plaza just outside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Uh, so uh, that, I'm not sure, I think tickets to that may be uh maybe gone they were only going to release 5,000 but it's something that um that you can find out a little bit more about um experience Hoosier hysteria Larry Oscar the Wizard of Westwood the Milan Miracle boom baby as the saying goes in 49 states is just basketball but this is Indiana uh no better time and place to experience why we do basketball differently in the Hoosier stage you can find your favorite Indiana high school basketball story on a basketball sculpture posed next to a giant Tyrese Halliburton on the JW Marriott shoot hoops at Bicentennial Unity Plaza and more hoops legends are made in Indiana now it's your turn to be an all-star and NBA all-star in uh 2024 right here uh, in the city of Indianapolis. The next, there's another event called Pick and Roll. Uh, this is going to be something for everyone downtown in what's being called Indy's Home Court. That means you can pick what appeals to you. Art, food, music, pop-up shops, and roll to where you want to take your shot. Uh, just like in basketball, though, it's important you stay open to adjusting your plans if something else seems to be um, a winning uh, strategy. So, uh also, um, fans can create their customizable playbook, uh, Pacers.com playbook, to select what they want to do. Uh, it's called uh, Pacers.com slash playbook. And you can select what you want to do and when. Uh, you can also prep for game time by reviewing what routes to take, a parking, map. All of those things um, are going to be uh, announced and, and going to be available, actually. Just go to Pacers.com uh, slash uh, all-star. 
Uh, as we also said yesterday, wanted to share with you all, and I saw some more of it today, so it's true, it's true, it's true. There is an all-out blitz to fill these potholes. Finally. Yes, 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 um, an all-out blitz. It's called a pothole blitz going on right now. Uh, and because the weather is warm, they can do the hot mix, which is easier and holds longer and holds better. Uh, the area that I was not allowed to drive through yesterday when I got off the exit, got off 65, mm-hmm. is beautifully paved right now. Awesome. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's to the Meridian. It's off 65 to the Meridian Street exit, which mm-hmm. is a major, uh, major exit. Uh, and then on, um, on another side, I saw construction. Uh, I think it was heading from downtown, heading north. And it looks like they were working over there. So yeah, it's it's, it's 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 moving. They said it was going. I think we're you know yesterday we were at thirty nine hundred potholes in the city. I think we're now well over uh, four thousand that have been reported uh, here in the mm-hmm. city. But they're getting to them. They're getting to them. That's good. Uh, do we have a winner? We have a winner. He okay. Did not stay on the line, but okay. we have a winner. All righty. <laughs> well, everybody, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. You didn't win it. If you're still on the line, uh, feel free to hang up. Um, we have a winner. Mm-hmm. However. However, however, tomorrow, tomorrow, stay tuned. We're going to give away a couple more tomorrow. In fact, tomorrow we're going to be at Butler. We're going to be at Clues Hall. We're going to be outside the box office, and we're going to be giving away free tickets tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, be sure to tune in to Community Connection tomorrow for your chance to win uh, a couple of free tickets to the Legends of Gospel. So our winner today, uh, as did our winner yesterday does not want to stay on the line. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Well, do you have their name? Is it okay to give their name? Yes. The winner is Paul Sanders. Congratulations. Paul, Paul Sanders. Sanders. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. You are going to the show. You are going to the show. You are going to get to see the legends with gospel greats. Yes. What a show. It's going to be incredible. What incredible. We, we were we were laughing. Uh, and again, Paul, congratulations. Thank you, everyone else. Uh, try again tomorrow. You can try again tomorrow because we're going to be giving away free tickets tomorrow as well. So mm-hmm. thank you for calling in. Um, we were laughing, though, because it starts at 7. I said, this isn't going to be one that's going to end at 8 or 9 o'clock. I said, this no, one, no, no, this no. one may not end until 1 or 2 in the morning, depending on when the Spirit says it's time to stop. And the Spirit never <laughs> wants to stop. The Spirit does not go home. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> if you've ever been to one of these concerts, they say, when we'll stop when the spirit tells us to stop moving so uh you know get ready to go over there and have a good time uh but it it's gonna it sounds like it's gonna be just absolutely uh fantastic it's hard mm-hmm. to get that many greats on stage in our city at the same time it's just difficult mm-hmm. to do that very very difficult to do that but um we will and it is and so again uh listen to us tomorrow because like i said tomorrow we're gonna go over to but we're just gonna go straight to the field house um not to the field house. My goodness, oh, to Clues Hall. I'm thinking basketball. I'm thinking basketball. Basketball is the field house. We're going to go straight to Clues Hall, which is where this concert is going to be. Uh, and again, we're going to be there uh, talking about the Legends of Gospel concert. It hardly, it doesn't seem real because when we first put it, when they first put it together, when we first told about it, uh, it was a while ago. And now we're here. We are just one week away. Uh, and it looks like all systems are go. And there may even be another act. We don't know. There may even be another act uh, that will be uh, another guest uh, that will be there. So um, I wanted to share that with you. Um, also, uh, as we have been doing every day in February, and we'll continue to do every day in February, Black History Month. Um, and this one came from... Um, uh, our good friend with free at Freetown Village, the founding director Ophelia Wellington, 
Uh, she sent me this, and she said, Tina, uh, consider this. And this is uh, from the Freetown Village Conversations in Indiana African American History and Culture, uh, which Ophelia so beautifully uh, facilitates as well. But um, this one uh, is about Harry Hoosier. I think we talked about Harry Hoosier on the show before. I believe so. Yeah. It sounds familiar. It does, it does. But um, Ophelia sent, sent us this, and... Um, it says, for our first 2024 conversation, scheduled for, rescheduled from November, our speaker will be Leon Bates, local historian, veteran, actor, and educator, veteran and educator, historian, veteran, and educator. Uh, and his uh, presentation will introduce us to uh, Colonel Joseph H. Ward, M.D. Uh, but she was also talking about uh, Harry Hoosier, and I'm trying to find where that went. Uh, but... Um, this one is, uh, but anyway, there. This is co- one of the conversations in Indiana African American history and culture, and they have a lot of these conversations. These conversations are free mm-hmm. uh, and facilitated by Freetown Village. Uh, but the first one uh, for 2024, uh, the speaker is going to be Leon Bates, uh, and he's he's going to introduce us to Lieutenant Colonel Joseph A. Ward. Uh, Joseph Ward, a first-generation freedman born in a slave cabin in Wilson, North Carolina, went on to become a physician, surgeon, entrepreneur, Army officer, first African-American to lead a U.S. Army field hospital, first African-American to lead a U.S. Veterans Hospital, the first African-American to lead a major hospital in the United States. Mm -hmm. He did all of this at the height of the Jim Crow era between Plessy versus Ferguson and Brown versus Board of Education, and yet almost no one knows his name. Uh, registration is required for both in-person and online attendance. In-person seating is limited to 50 people. The event, which includes a Q&A session, will also be streamed online uh, via Zoom. So this is going to be in-person. Uh, doors open at, at uh, 530 uh, Indiana Landmarks, 1201 North Central Avenue. Zoom begins at 6 o'clock. So, hmm. um, yeah, but she, um, I was trying to find the Harry Hoosier um uh, information, but anyway, uh, I'll get back to Harry Hoosier in in just a minute. Uh, but we've got uh, some other, um, you know, other Black history. Uh, this is this is an interesting one too. Uh, the uh, National Basketball Wives Association, mm-hmm. the National Basketball Wives Association, they are going to be uh, hosting uh, an event panel uh, and summit, if you will, and. Um, Indiana Black Expo right here in the city of Indianapolis is going to be on the, re- you know, they're, they're going to be, uh, I, I guess the some of the proceeds are going to be donated from this event to Indiana Black Expo. They're bringing this event to Indianapolis to All-Star Weekend, and uh, some of the proceeds from this event uh, will be going to Indiana Black Expo, which is really nice. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they're, they're bringing the event, um, and they're going to be, Giving that some of the money that they make to to a local local event, local not for profit, which is IBE. Mm-hmm. So uh, the National Basketball Wives Association's All Star Weekend Conference, um, they're going to have a women's empowerment summit and men's panel that's going to take place at the NCAA Conference and Event Center Saturday, February seventeenth, from eleven a.m. until three p.m. Uh, that's a game. That's the, the, the day before the game. Mm. Uh, the event features, it's going to feature Gail King, Vivica A. Fox, Stephen A. Oh my. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. All you got to say is Stephen A. You don't I even have to finish. Ste- you like Stephen A? I love Stephen A. I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I, I do like him. Uh, I, 
his his mannerisms and his ways are very brash, mm-hmm. harsh. He's loud. He's very New York. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but isn't he from Philly? No, I think he's from he's from New York. He's yeah, from he's New from, York. From I Queens. thought he was. Oh, okay. He's got to start working in New York or in Philly. Excuse me. Oh, he got to start working in Philly. Mm-hmm. Okay, Stephen A. Smith, Matt Barnes, Kyra Epps, uh, Monique Rodriguez, and many more. More special guests, I guess, are going to be announced uh, in the coming days. Uh, as I said, Indiana Black Expo has been selected by the National Basketball Wives so NBA. Uh, let's see, yeah, National Basketball Wives Association as one of this year's charitable organizations and beneficiaries of the event um so good for them mm-hmm. and thank you for for finding one of our uh one of our not-for-profits that does amazing work here in the city and has for a number of years to donate to um also uh virginia union dion talked about this the other day virginia union panthers vuu and the winston-salem state university rams will play in the 2024 nba hbcu classic mm-hmm. So this is going to be a matchup between two central intercollegiate athletic associations, CIAA teams, uh, scheduled for Saturday, February 17th as well at the Fieldhouse in downtown Indianapolis. And that's going to be part of the NBA All-Star 2024 festivities. So uh, in addition to professional basketball, we're going to have HBCU basketball, uh, CIAA teams, a couple of the best, uh, that are going to be squaring off uh, the day before the big game at uh, uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So, um, yeah, that's that's going to be something else. It's going to be a time. Indianapolis is on fire right now. It is. And, you know, Indianapolis is used to seeing uh, HBCU football. I don't know that we've ever seen HBCU basketball live and in person here in the city. I don't think I've seen an HBCU game live myself at all. I, I No, I've, I've just seen HBCU football live. I've never yeah. – I mean, I've watched it on TV, but mm-hmm. I've never seen an HBCU basketball game. So that should be good. That should be good. And, and again, that's going to be Virginia Union University, the Panthers of VUU, and the Winston-Salem State University Rams, the Rams of WSSU. They're going to play in the 2024 NBA HBCU Classic at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So um, there, there's a whole lot more. I, I don't know if we can. <laughs> uh, a lot more black history, uh, uh, a lot more NBA All-Star Weekend. We're going to give it to you as it comes in to us. But just wanted to, you know, give you those uh, those few things that are, are taking place. So, For sure. Uh, and I think we'll just go ahead and segue right into some sports. Let's see if we can uh, we can rustle up Danny, uh, get him, find him, and get him in here, Danny Bridges, with the recorder, and talk about some more sports. It is his day. It is Thursday. It is sports on Community Connection Indeed. with Danny Bridges. So we'll be right back with more right after this. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection, and we'll just jump right into it. A lot to get to today, so let's bring in Danny Bridges with the Indianapolis Recorder. Danny. Hey, Danny, 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 what's going on? Well, I'm just sitting here in my swimming trunks. It's such a beautiful sunny day. <laughs> I'm sunbathing on the back deck. My neighbors, I think they've called the cops. Uh-huh. I but, okay. uh, no, it's uh it's a good day to be uh it's a good day to be alive. Every day is a good day to be alive, but today is really beautiful outside, so uh 
I'm taking advantage of that. Yeah, I uh, we're looking at it uh, from high atop Monument Circle, but haven't been out in it since early this morning. It looks good, doesn't it, AJ? Oh, yeah, yeah I took yeah. a walk earlier. I definitely oh, you did? did. Before the show, I went and took a walk, and uh -huh. it feels great outside. Okay. I'm so well, happy. I would I would <laughs> add to that for your listeners who haven't seen the palatial palace in which your broadcast originates <laughs> from down there on uh, uh, on the on the top of the mountain that uh, I, I guess I have a question. I, I want Monument Circle to be a vibrant place for people to walk and gather and eat and have fun. Yeah. But uh, it looks, I don't know, it's just different. And I don't think you can drive your car around it all the way anymore. Is that correct? Well, you, the spark, what was it? Was yeah, that the spark? The spark, spark, spark is, is, it hasn't been reassembled uh, yet, has it? No, I think it's coming back in March. Oh, okay. They're bringing it back. They'll bring it back. So, but it, you know, I used to like, I used to like to double park there and go in and get a slice at Georgia's Pizza. I don't know if I can still do that or not because the parking is so, uh, you know, under uh, scrutiny, for lack of a better term. But anything that makes the uh, Monument Circle experience better for residents and visitors, I'm all for that. But uh, just remember, when you're on top of that ivory palace from which you broadcast from, look down at us little people and wave to us, okay? Uh, we'll do our best. <laughs> we'll do our best so uh somewhat breaking news but not necessarily surprising news from the hometown team today a couple of hours ago the pacers made a trade uh but uh as you and aj are both saying okay that's not break that's not really that surprising so no buddy, uh, buddy, Heald. buddy Heald has been a gentleman and uh, a pretty good teammate i mean i don't know all the details as far as all those things go but uh we haven't seen his name in a, in a bad situation in any in any type of thing off the court, but uh, they tr they wanted to resign him, but they couldn't agree on a number. Mm. And mm. the the big factor for the Pacers, as far as the salary cap is concerned, is what do you do with when you've got Halliburton and Siakam both in that fifty million annual range? And I do believe the Pacers are going to offer a Halliburton type contract. I just call it that for the record, uh, to Pascal. So all of a sudden you've got $100 million, mm. uh, almost $100 million annually wrapped up in two players. Uh, Buddy Heald is a, still a valuable commodity off the bench, shooting three-pointers and could start for certain teams. He'll uh, he'll get his opportunity to play the season out in Philadelphia because they're going to try to make a run at, even without Embiid. And I think that uh, he'll, uh, he'll get a decent contract in the offseason. If the 76ers don't sign him, There'll be a market for a guy who can shoot three-pointers like that, and uh, especially the way today's game goes. So good luck to him. And uh, we got some draft picks. we got one guy who can shoot the ball. we got a guy who will probably not be in a Pacer uniform next season. So there's a lot going on. But uh, Morris could get bought out. He may seek a buyout and, and hit the free, free agent market again yet. But uh, bottom line is that's not a surprise today. Good luck to him. He's a nice young man. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, good. Yeah. So we do wish him well. We do wish him well. Um, the other side of of the street, uh, the Colts. I saw where uh, Jim Irsay went on social media to say he is on the mend. So uh, that's good news. Well, I sure hope that was Colts him. owner Jim Irsay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sure hope. He's it's it's common knowledge that sometimes he uh, has other people making posts for him, but I do believe he is better than he was. Uh, from what I'm hearing, and, and that's a good thing. Uh, we can talk all day about who's a good owner and 
mm-hmm. you know, what direction the team's going in. But uh, his personal health, physically, mental, however you want to term it, is uh, paramount. Hopefully he is doing better. Uh, Jim Ursa is a guy who likes to be seen. So I don't have a feeling that he's just not up to that just yet. But I don't think it'll be that long at all before we're going to see him. Maybe even conducts a press conference. Who knows? But he likes to get out there with that uh, Jim Irsay exhibit with his uh, memorabilia and artifacts that are historical, and and obviously likes to be part of that band that he put together, which is a phenomenal band, I might add. Oh, really? So yeah, they're phenomenal. I mean, when you've got you know established musicians from other bands who have either hung it up or still you know, not working as much, and you put them all together. I mean, it is an unbelievable uh, rock and roll experience. That's separate from the good wishes for someone to regain their health in totality. Yeah. Uh, 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. We are talking sports with Danny Bridges, sports writer for the Indianapolis Recorder. And speaking of which, Danny, um, your article, there was a line in there that made me laugh. It just made me smile uh, because the line was, the old gray mare just ain't what she used to be. And I, I it made me smile because it brought back fond memories of my, uh, my late mother. She used to walk around saying that all the time. You know, if she'd been down to pick up something, she'd say, oh, the old gray mare just ain't what, and, you know, so <laughs> we, you know, I, and when I saw that line, I just smiled. Uh, but uh, we're nice to hear that. Yeah, Thank we're not you. talking about my mom. We're talking about IU basketball, which yeah. uh, is is a difficult it's 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 a difficult pill to swallow, but it's true. Well, I just uh, I, I think if, if anything, I hope I stress two things. Number one, Mike Woodson, I do uh. believe, is a better coach, and he's getting credit for. People could say, oh, he coached the pro game. Mm. Um, I believe Mike knows the fundamentals of basketball, whether it be collegiate or pro, so I don't don't buy that. But I also think that they were in a really bad spot Uh when they hired the man. And uh, Mike, he had made his money professionally. Mike did not have to take that job. Mike wanted to take that job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think he's 58 up and 35 down in his tenure Roughly 61% winning percentage. That's not going to cut it in the IU Nation. But he did put two seasons together back-to-back in which they got back into the tournament, keyword back into. So there's some progress there. I just think the expectations of that job are ridiculous. They always have been. They always will be. And he'll be back next year. But I will say this. If things don't get better pursuant to what the expectations are, you know, not necessarily meeting or exceeding those expectations, but just getting closer to them. You're going to hear you're going to hear people get vocal, whether it be pundits or talking heads or uh, alleged experts with uh, with their craft in terms of just saying, "Look, this is not the right guy." And I hope that they don't drive him to a resignation because he's a quality individual. He's a man of integrity. I personally like him as an individual. I don't know him well. I won't portray to say that. Mm-hmm. I've met him a few times when he was uh, in the NBA. And uh, I, I think if they just leave him alone, hmm. support him, let him work the transfer portal, and they'll get this thing back to a more respectable situation. But I meant what I said. I do basketball. I, Indiana University as a whole athletically, it's not the desired destination for a blue-chip athlete as it once was. No, my goodness and not. No. And that's and that's a very difficult detriment for any coach, in this case Mike Woodson, 
when you go into the transfer portal, when you go into traditional recruitment settings and you're trying to bring people in. So, um, you know, I think some of his players have let him down this year. I think there's been some immaturity. I think there's been a lack of hustle. And I think there's been a lack of concentration. If you've watched Indiana basketball this year, you know the young men I'm talking about. I'm not going to mm-hmm. throw anyone under the bus. But mm-hmm. uh, the bottom line is mm-hmm. uh, he hasn't had a full arsenal, and he certainly hasn't had a group of people that have been focused totally. Now, you could say, hey, that's the coach's fault. I'm not so sure that I buy into that either. I do believe there has to be a joint cooperative effort of player and coach as far as working toward common objectives. Uh, it'll never be – good enough down there unless they're winning a national championship. And as I said before, it's been, what, some 37 years since yeah. that occurred. It's when been a, when a minute. Walk, if they bring a recruit into that building and he looks up and sees a, a banner from 1987, he, he, does he think, well, I wasn't even born then? Mm-hmm. Or does it even really matter? And again, I don't think the NIL situation down there is conducive to bringing in a blue chipper as well. I'm not saying there's no money, mm-hmm. but I'm just not sure there's enough money willingly to be collected, formatted, however you want to term it, to draw someone in that way as well. Uh, Rick Pitino said it best the other day, uh, there needs to be a salary cap in college basketball, and it's a business. <laughs> and the bottom line is this. The things have changed so dramatically that I, I imagine some of the game is distasteful to Mike Woodson, but he went into this with his eyes wide open. I think he's done a job that says this situation is better off than when, I, when it was when I started. I think he'll leave it better when he leaves. I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be down there. That's, I think it'll be his choice, but I know he's back next year. I know he's going to make $4.2 million, and, and I think that puts him third in the conference behind, uh, I think, Tom Mizzo and Matt Painter are the only two earning more. But let me tell you this. By their standards, they have penny-pinched coaches so much over the years, they're just starting now to catch up with that, even though they did give Archie Miller a $10 million buyout. Mm. Hey, check out more in the article in today's edition of the Indianapolis Recorder. Look for Danny Bridges on the sports page uh, with that article. Uh, 317-972-3008. Patrick, you have a question for Danny? Yes, I have a question. Um, I've seen on... A lot of sports shows and then some on the news where they have Jim Ursay's daughters as the owner and have Jim Ursay as CEO and president. Mm-hmm. Is that true? And if so, is that a way for him not to have the NFL taken away from him from his not mm-hmm. NFL policy violation antics? Well, good afternoon, Patrick. First of all, thank you for calling in, and hopefully you do from time to time check out the Indianapolis Recorder. I would simply say this to you. There's been no official, and that's the key word. Uh, when ownership ranks change, that has to be approved by the NBA, I almost said the NBA, the NFL owners group. In other words, they sit down and they approve. Now, that would be a transition rather than a new ownership in its entirety. I don't believe that's the case currently. It's not to say that he doesn't have a trust established to whereas his girls would take over. I do know his one daughter is very active in the franchise. But as we speak, Jim Irsay is the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, I don't think he's in danger of having his franchise taken away from him. He's had some personal issues. But you know what? Look around the league. A lot of owners have. <laughs> if they're going to cast a stone with Brother Irsay, so be it. But 
You might want to take a look in Dallas. You might want to take a look in New England and some other areas as well. Up till recently, you could say Washington also. So I think you have to be careful how you police your own. I've always said, that, Tina, that this is a good old boys group, and the membership ranks are generally closed. Yeah. But uh, I think right now Jim Irsay is still – the owner of the right. Indianapolis Post. Yeah, and, and that's a difference between the assignment of the titles and the responsibilities that uh, that are assigned uh, within that organization. Uh, ownership is, is one thing. Uh, CEO, uh, president, and all those other titles, those are fine, but that's not the same category as just straight-out ownership, correct? Correct. Okay. And I, I would that's also say yeah. that, uh, you know, Jim Emerson has been mm-hmm. pretty adamant about what his life is about in mm-hmm. terms of his professional life mm-hmm. is concerned. I can never, I can never see him relinquishing control unless it was absolutely mm-hmm. necessary. Maybe that means personal health. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be some other issues. Um, the bottom line is it's a proprietary matter. Yeah. But, and, but it's, uh, yeah, it is, but it's also something that he has uh, been very open about. If I, if I understand what he was saying correctly, that he wanted to start very early on and keep it a family business and has been bringing his daughters into it uh, so that uh, it, in the day, I guess, in the event that he does ever walk away or what have you, the transition will be seamless, but the ownership will remain with that family. Well, I think that's absolutely correct. There's, I don't believe there's any change in that type of plan. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that franchise has been in that family for a long time. Yeah. It will continue yeah. to be. And, um uh, you know, we'll have to give the young women their due. They've been active to a degree. Yeah, but, he started uh, them in their 20s. It's a big difference mm-hmm. in being active and being totally responsible. Exactly. Not and and he's increased the responsibility through the yeah. years. Yeah, It's not to say they're not capable. And mm-hmm. I think that somebody that doesn't get enough credit for the Colts organization is one Peter Ward, uh, their chief operating officer, who basically mm-hmm. – uh, has every decision to make that's not football related in terms of personnel, coaching, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, a long time Colts employee, if I'm not mistaken, he came from Baltimore. He'd been with the Colts a couple years in Baltimore before he came here. Mm, He's wow. been very loyal to the family. He's been very loyal to Jim Irsay. He is an executive who's respected throughout the NFL. Um, I think as long as Pete Ward is in his position as well, uh, that transition, if you want to call it such, if it was to be, you know, in the relatively near future would be even more seamless because Pete is uh, a remarkable individual. And, you know, while we're on that subject, you know, this uh, 911 call Mm -hmm. uh, that was publicized to Ursay's residence, which I Mm -hmm. thought was, I I wasn't surprised by it. I was disgusted with it. I don't think those types of things need to be publicized for anyone. Yeah. Not just the owner of the Annapolis Colts, but we know the society Mm -hmm. we live in, that's going to be Mm -hmm. um, fodder. Um, you know, it was very difficult to listen in some senses to Pete Ward talking to the authorities, but it also illustrates his loyalty and his commitment to both Jim Irsay and the organization. And I think that Jim Irsay is very, very fortunate to have Pete Ward as both a COO and a very good mm-hmm. friend. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, speaking of football, got a little bit of a game coming up here on Sunday. <laughs> the big yeah. game, the big game. Uh, so your thoughts, uh, as we, uh, boy, I can't, it's hard to believe it's only about three, three days away. What is it? Today's yeah. Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, uh, Monday, Monday, Monday. I, I think San Francisco is a good football team. I believe their Sunday organization's night. made some serious strides in the last five years. Um, 
certainly with Lynch as a general manager, Shanahan as a coach. They've got mm-hmm. some quality people calling the shots, making decisions. They've got some talented football players, to say the very least. I do believe, though, unless Kansas City self-destructs and turns the ball over <laughs> and plays a very uncharacteristic brand of football that we're accustomed to watching with them, and not just Patrick Mahomes, but defensively as well. Their defense against Baltimore was outstanding. I do believe it's going to be very difficult for the San Francisco 49ers to, to defeat Kansas City. And I'm not necessarily a bandwagon hopper. Patrick Mahomes, great quarterback, no question. The best quarterback in football today, probably. But my point is this. It will take a team effort and the misfortune on behalf of the Chiefs, I believe, for San Francisco to win. I just don't see a way where Kansas City doesn't win the football game. At first, I thought they might be on the verge of a blowout. Then I look at it again a little bit closer, and I think Mm -hmm. it'll probably be a competitive game. Um, You know, we'll probably be a close game up through the first half. I think the the second half, the separation will occur. And I just don't see where the Chiefs do not win the Super Bowl. I just don't see it happening unless, again, they shoot themselves in the foot. Why is San Francisco the favorite? Uh, is it be, what what do you well, think that is? That's an interesting perspective. Number one, they've uh, they've had a heck of a year themselves, but and, and you know we've talked about gambling on the on the show before as far as how prevalent mm-hmm. it is in our mm-hmm. society, let alone mm-hmm. sports. Mm-hmm. The line in Las Vegas is established for one reason and one reason only to get action on both sides of it. In other words, they want money on both sides. Both of the sides ledger. of the game, yeah. So, and, and when you see a line move decrease or increase that means money's coming in on one side and they want to leverage mm-hmm, that out mm-hmm. i don't believe for a minute that san francisco is the true favorite they, ah. are, the, they are the las vegas favorite but i don't for, for a minute believe that the chiefs are anything but a favorite i think the chiefs are probably a oh a four to six point favorite in my opinion but then again that's just my perspective it really doesn't matter to the team's as long as you win and, and, and you take home the trophy. But uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of money is on the Kansas City Chiefs to win. I think the money line will remain active. I do believe a lot of proposition bets, and that seems to be one of America's favorites. Will Patrick Mahomes throw for 150 yards? Will Travis Kelsey score two touchdowns? Will Taylor Swift be shown five times in the first half on television? Mm-hmm. And these, these are actual bets that you can bet. Oh, upon. I know. There's How many seconds yeah. will Taylor Swift be on yeah. the air the you entire know, game? So, yeah. My, game and post game. So. My uh, my thoughts about those things are: have at it, enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. If people want to bet a few dollars and enjoy themselves responsibly, I think it's a great thing. I do believe it's a hypocritical situation, though, when the NFL will take millions of dollars from DraftKings and FanDuel mm-hmm. and then punish a player for gambling on a football game. That's not right. You can't have it both ways. But I'm getting off track. They, they do have I like it both Kansas ways. Kansas City right? to win, and I think Kansas City. Uh, will be entertaining in the way they win this football game. High-scoring game or low-scoring game? Uh, I would say probably 50, 55 points total. Mm. That's my prediction between the two teams, of course. So, um, you know, what's the final tab? Okay, I'll I'll go with uh, Kansas City by 10 points. Mm. Wow. That's just me. So they would have to self-destruct, right? I do believe that they would have to for San Francisco to win the football game. Again, San Francisco is a very talented football team. They're going to move the football through the air, Mm. and they've got a heck of a running back as well, so they're not going to be stagnant offensively. 
But I do believe Kansas City will contain them, and I believe their defense is better than it's gotten credit for. They've got a Hall of Fame coach. They've got a pretty good quarterback, too, don't they? Yeah, they do. Last time I checked. So I think all things line up for the Chief fans to be happy by about 11 p.m. Eastern time. So very quickly, we don't have much time, but just any any thoughts? uh, I want to just just run back to um, Lamar uh, uh, Jackson uh, and – they yeah yeah just the, the it seemed like a meltdown well, what what well, so I, what I do you just, think yeah go ahead well, I just I just mentioned how underrated that Chiefs defensive scheme is I think it had a heck of an effect on the young man uh mm-hmm. some of his teammates didn't play as well uh let's keep it in perspective Lamar Jackson had an incredible season mm-hmm. I felt he was the MVP of the league we'll have to see how that pans out I was going to say but, what does that have, what does that do I, with his chances I, I like him as the MVP I think he's a logical pick but I don't get a vote but if I did I would vote for Lamar Jackson um give Kansas City's defense some credit on how that came down as well okay um I would like to have seen him run a little bit more with the football he couldn't run much with the football well, well, it was it was their defense was was was, was kind of suffocating in the first yeah half. yeah he, and, couldn't, he didn't more have than adequate in the second that was not a fluke performance mm-hmm. but in terms of uh, lamar jackson uh mm-hmm. he is uh, an incredible athlete he's an incredible quarterback he's fun to watch i think he's the mvp for the regular season and uh i don't know any team maybe other than kansas city and buffalo who wouldn't mm-hmm. welcome him as their starting quarterback tomorrow um, he's a heck of a football player. He's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he gambled on himself as far as how he negotiated his contract, and he won. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a fixture. If Baltimore's smart, they'll tie him up financially and make him retire as a Raven and never leave their uh, their good graces. But uh, I just, I at this point in my life, there are certain athletes I want to watch one more time. He's one of those. Now, he's obviously got a lot of time left, but. You know, when I talk about LeBron James, people say, why do you want to go see him play? You've seen him play a zillion times. I have, and I've enjoyed it every time. He doesn't always perform at the pinnacle level, but these athletes that we're talking about are so special, and I think people should enjoy them, not get caught up in, I don't like the Chiefs, or I don't like the Dolphins, or I don't like the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Let that go. It's okay to be a fan. It's okay to invest in, in the situation, but enjoy the moment. And these incredible athletes are just so much fun to watch. And uh, I'm old enough to have seen a lot of different players in my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoy some of these younger guys as well. But uh, watching Lamar Jackson uh, this season was a thing of beauty. And um, I just think that he's a special athlete. And we shouldn't take him for granted. Absolutely. All righty, Danny. We'll enjoy the big game. Uh, and uh, we will talk with you soon. Look forward to it. Thanks for the opportunity. And remember, when I'm walking down on Monument Circle trying to find a hot dog cart, lead out for the, the Imperial Palace and wave at me, would you? Okay. Well, hey, knock on the door and come on in. We, we'd love to have you. <laughs> come on in and do a segment here I don't, sometime. Think you, I don't think you mean that, but I, I just might take you up on that Yeah, sometime. come on in and do a segment with us sometime. Well, come let's, on let's, in. Do a, let's do a live show. What do you say? Uh, well, yeah, that's not up to me, but we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do whatever. Well, Speaking I tell of, you what, somewhere... Me coming in the studio somewhere. Amos Brown is shaking his head. Bless his heart. No, come on in the studio. I'd love to have you. Want you, want you, you here to come visit. Okay. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, and speaking of live, we are live tomorrow from Clues Hall, Butler University, outside the ticket office for the Legends of Gospel 
concert promotion. We're going to be giving away tickets tomorrow. Be sure to listen for your opportunity for that and a whole lot more on Community Connection tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I'm Tina Cosby. That's all the time we have. We will see you again soon. This is Community Connection.